you are part of an elite unit of Navy SEALs, okay? And this is no disrespect to the very legitimate, very honorable Navy SEALs that serve uh, within America and other places around the world. However, just for the sake of this example, you are a Navy SEAL and you leave the SEAL team, basically, right? You, you essentially retire, you're a veteran, what, what you name it, you've served your time respectfully, you're highly respected, you know, you have some of the top, I guess you could say, clearances and things like that within your respective field at the highest echelon of the military as you know it. You're then contacted when you're living, you know, your, your day-to-day life, you're doing your thing, you're then contacted by your former superior and you're told, listen, there's a, a black operation contract, would you like to do it? But it is extremely secretive. And you say, okay, how much, right? Your former superior names a very large number in the many hundreds of thousands. Just, it's a one-month operation, that's it. And you, in your head, you go, of course I'll take it, right? This is what you used to do for a living for crying out loud, right? So, okay. You then end up goes to the, uh, you know, to the wherever contracting company or, you know, DOD, State Department office. You go to, you sign your NDAs, things like that. You start getting the feeling that as you're signing the NDAs before you are going to actually do this operation and conduct it, you start getting the feeling that there's a very ominous energy around everyone watching you, around specifically the ex-Navy sealed uh, team members that are signing the NDAs. So, okay, you know, a handful of days go by, you, you get briefed on the operation, things like that. You're told that you have to go into certain bases in New Mexico to collect certain liquids. You're not told what they are. You're just told what they look like in order for you to obtain them and extract them, right? Anyways, you start to put your equipment on and you realize that you have a patch on one of your uh, on one of your arms, right? Part of your equipment and your gear and all that. This is nothing new per se, but you notice all of a sudden there's a lizard on that patch, and you think, okay, I mean hawks, eagles, like there have been animals that represented certain operations and certain patches, certain contractors all the time. This is nothing new per se, right? You go, okay, one, uh, you know, whatever, right? You then look at the patch of the lizard. It's a humanoid lizard, and the face of the lizard turns to you literally as it's on your shoulder and it looks at you and its head comes out in a 3d 4d type of motion and you're like what the hell and you you don't even know what to say you don't know if you should tell your superiors you're not sure because it's just so insane. Now, before I get into that, what I do uh, would like to say is that we do have a Patreon. It does help support the show. Again, we do not monetize the channel with YouTube. We do not believe in putting out content that we would not want to watch ourselves. Again, Patreon, we do one-on-one Zoom calls, uh, Telegram, Discord, group chats, members-only episodes, anywhere from two to four times per week. You get access to a bunch of dark web uh, content, documents, uh, data, footage, and you get to see episodes days, sometimes weeks before we release them publicly. With that being said, I would also like to wish a very, very happy birthday to our very good friend Camden. Camden, brother, without you, I wouldn't be able to do this. I'd be having mental breakdowns because of all the work that it entails to, you know, between the research, the editing, you name it. So everybody, please, with the utmost kindest respect, wish Camden a happy birthday. The guy works his ass off. Anyways, let's jump right into it. The Delta Terrestrial, harvesting Draco Vril liquids to ignite zero point panpsychism okay now we're gonna break this down very fundamentally and I promise you folks this is gonna be quite an entertaining episode at least from my perspective so let's jump into it what is panpsychism according to Stanford University literally you know plato.stanford.edu also Wikipedia panpsychism is the view that mentality is fundamental and ubiquitous in the natural world this the view has a long and vulnerable history in philosophical traditions of both East and West and has recently enjoyed a, re- a revival in analytic philosophy now 
Now, according to Wikipedia, in the philosophy of mind, panpsychism is the view that mind or a mind-like aspect is a fundamental and ubiquitous feature of reality. It is also described as a theory that the mind is a fundamental feature of the world which exists throughout the universe, end quote. Essentially saying in, in a lot of ways that there is consciousness to a lot of solid, I guess you could say gratuitous objects we would never think to be the case, right? Anyways, if we take a look over here, this is Salon.com, panpsychism, the idea that inanimate objects have consciousness gains steam in science communities. Now, I don't think I have to tell you folks that have been watching the show for a while that this has to do with a lot of the drop feeding that seems to be coming forward in the past recent months. And you'll see why this drop feeding is occurring. And it does subscribe. Again, I'm not saying I'm correct. I could be wrong. But it does subscribe to my research and data points which indicate a consistency of there being a battling faction of alien extraterrestrials around the world. Anyways, let's take a look here. And I quote, Dr. Martin Picard is an associate professor of behavioral medicine at Columbia University Irving Medical Center, specializing in both psychiatry and neurology. Together, expertise in these two fields suits one well to understanding the essence of what makes one human. Picard is particularly knowledgeable and about mitochondria, a structure found with nearly all cells that have a nucleus. They provide most of the chemical energy that cells use in their various biochemical tasks and are sometimes likened to batteries. Okay. Picard sees something else in mitochondria too. Last year, he and a Swiss scientist named Dr. Carmen Sandy published a paper in the journal Neuroscience and Biobehavioral Reviews, which post uh, posited or proposed, excuse me, that mitochondria do not merely keep us alive, but in many ways have lives of their lives of their own, and perhaps are even social creatures. End quote. Now, if you go back to the previous uh, public episode where there was discussion on phys.org about how there are all of a sudden new mental, you know, neurological apparatuses that are mapping out the brain in better ways and that you know quantum physics is finding the, the deep connections between the ingrained fabric of the universe and the the our mind literally representative of that of the cosmos you're going to see very shortly why i bring this up so let's take a look at this right over here space.com ancient mars was rocked by violent climate changing volcanic eruptions seven days ago this is uh, sorry posted seven days ago right mars was once a very active planet now before i go on is this not consistent with the cia declassified remote viewing documents about how they had a CIA agent go roughly, if, if I can recall the figure correctly, two million years back in time, astral project or remote viewing to see an ancient civilization on Mars, humanoid bipedal creatures, again, very similar to what uh, uh, many other people have said about how beings in this dimension must be bipedal if they are to be biological in a lot of fa uh, forms, right? With that being said, though, this is consistent with the general timelines, in which these de these declassified documents explain remote viewing, which is also consistent with Project Looking Glass. Okay, now again, depending on if you believe him or not, or maybe certain elements or certain aspects of his proposal, Mr. Bob Lazar, very recently on Reddit, there was a 40-minute home video that he made that he, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, told Joe Rogan when he went on with uh, Jeremy Corbell a few years back, he didn't really want it resurfaced because it explained a lot of things that he's trying to stay away from these days. Element 115, Project Looking Glass, about seeing forward or backwards in time, you know, harnessing the ionized air pockets in the atoms. Now, this is a drop-feeding representation of that. I would dare to say this is a drop-fed article given by that of those opposing the Orion Dracos, and you're going to see why I say that in a second. Let's take a look at this right here. SciTechDaily.com. Dead galaxies mysteriously ran out of fuel to make stars in the early universe. Now, Camden and I covered this on yesterday, depending on when you're watching this episode, on Thursday's um, a special joint Kraken episode, and I got to be honest with you folks, I'm not going to take the credit where I didn't think of it myself. I looked at this and I said to Camden, what are, we, what are we seeing here? Do you have any connections? And I got to thank Camden. This was all him. He said, he goes, think about it. These dead galaxies, 
are being fed by not Camden didn't say the Orion Dracos, but it's possible they're being fed by these different extraterrestrial civilizations. The consistency is there because if we take a look at this right here, the Kardashev scale, again, very you know controversial, but let's take a look at the data points where we see it, right? Again, this is not proof. This is evidence. Evidence means there's probable cause. Take a look at this. The Card the Kardashev scale is a method of measuring a civilization's level of technological advancement based on the amount of energy it uses. Now, interestingly enough, former Russian generals Leonid Ivashov and many others have said again about fine-tuning the energy contour part of the brain. They have also said that there's these different types of civilizations and these different types of classifications of an interplanetary civilization are viewed the same way by multiple ET factions. Now let's take a look. Type 1 planetary civilizations harness all the energy that falls on their planet from their parent star. Type 2 civilizations harness the total energy radiated by their parent star. And type 3 civilizations harness energy at the scale of their entire host galaxy. You see what the connection I'm trying to make, folks? What if the Orion Dracos, for example, are the type 3? They have that ability which are the same greys that represented the Orion Dracos during the 1954 Eisenhower-Griotta Treaty meeting, okay? See, again, they could be a type 3 civilization. Doesn't mean they're good. Again, doesn't mean they're bad either. It's all perception. But let's take a look if we scroll down in this article a little bit more. NASA's, and I quote, NASA's Hubble telescope, together with the Atacama Large Millimeter Submillimeter Array ALMA in northern Chile, found these odd galaxies, well, I'm, yeah, I'm sure they did, while looking back billions of years to the peak of star birth in the universe, end quote. Now, for those saying, how did they look back billions of years? Well, space and time are all relative, right? So if we were to travel, you know, X amount of light years from Earth and looked back at Earth using a very advanced telescope, we could actually see the dinosaurs because space and time are interrelated, right? That is not a conspiracy. That is legitimate science. I just want to put that out there. With that being said, you're going to see here very quickly, folks. Take a look. Corruptico.com. We're not even getting, we haven't even gone to the best part. The Elite Black Eye Club. It seems though everyone is speculating the cause of elite public, uh, publicly sporting black eye. I'd like to clear this up once and for all. Now, here's the thing. Take a look at all the celebrities with black eyes. Now, I know you folks might be saying, oh my God, Dave, you know, uh, black eye, possible QAnon correlation, nothing, nothing whatsoever, folks. I want to be unbiased right down the middle. Take a look at this right here. However, and I quote, I've personally witnessed elite Japanese NBC King 5 anchor Lori Matsukawa High from black eye at least four times while reporting live on air on Seattle. Okay. In fact, it is a rec it is recommended the drug only be administered one to two times years apart with three being the limit in a lifetime. End quote. You might be saying, what does this have to do with anything? Well, this is allegedly the way in which not only adrenochrome is harvested as Carla Turner said, who died very mysteriously as well. But in addition to that, apparently this type of drug actually allows for these people, these elites, if you will, to feel like while they're being injected in the eye, not with, it, it, it activates and infuses adrenochrome because we have, you know, allegedly 22 different uh, subspecies genetics coming from us, presuming we are an experiment, and we'll get to that shortly. But in addition to that, they feel like they're, they're dreaming for a year when it's only been an hour. Okay, so it's very similar to that of the technology, I guess we could say within Inception, to tell you the truth. Again, drop feeding 10, 11, 12 years ago. It was already there, right? But anyways, let's take a look at this right here. Truefreethinker.com, not exactly a mainstream media website. Ancient giant skeleton found in Iran, okay? Take a look at this, and I quote, We are told that from chief archaeologist Atta Hassanpour of the Islamic Azad University in Tehran, news of giant skeletons in Iran being much larger than humans living around 500 CE was found among artifacts, which means that this is an exciting discovery even without the giants. 
okay? Here is the locus of focus as a, a skeleton measured over two meters, six foot, six inches in height, and an astute observation by Seaburn, making him a tall man today, but a giant among his peers who averaged five feet, sometimes just under back in those times. Okay? Now, end quote, there is speculation about, you know, the Nephilim, the fallen angels, things like this, the Anunnaki, you name it, but here's what's equally as interesting. In parallel to this article, and it's interesting to see that the mainstream media on the back end, they monitor what goes on on these not-so-mainstream websites, because the New York Times just yesterday came out with an article saying that it turns out humans were in North America 23,000 years ago, long before scientists had thought. Oh, yeah, I'm sure long before they thought. At least, again, I, I don't mean to disrespect the scientists that make these discoveries and are not aware of what's going on on the back end. No disrespect. It's just that they have not let, been let in on it, right? Very similar to what Eric Weinstein said about how, how come in physics publicly in the last 70 years, there hasn't been that much of an advancement. He's right. Because, again, it's all been hidden. The advancement of physics from here on out only takes us to the secret black operation projects. With that being said, you might be saying, Dave, what does any of this have to do with the example that you gave at the very beginning of, um, you know, the, the, the Navy SEAL soldier seeing this lizard on this patch, the head move? Well, take a look at this. Academia.edu. A rewriting fertilization trust pain and exit points okay quite a controversial paper let's but let's take a look a body perspective and i quote the social relations constituted within the process of ivf have a substantive bodily dimension these are social relations that are generated around a material bodily problem body treatments bodily experiences and outcomes including pain and emotion not using a theoretical framework that locates the infertile body undergoing treatments at its center would support a dominant western intellectual tradition tradition that by and large ignores and dismisses the body okay end quote you might be saying dave what the hell does this have to do with anything well what this paper is saying here in a very subtle way without being direct is that the western institutions have been aligned with that of the orion dracos in order to allow for the odd woman child fertilization to be extracted to allow for these children to go into these deep underground military bases to be experimented on and i cannot really I, I'm even afraid to say that too much because I don't want to get banned on YouTube for talking about, you know, child abductions and things like that. But if we jump back here very quickly to this right here, events.unesco.org, we'll be talking about this more on the Patreon. 12th session of the Intergovernmental Bioethics Committee discusses this too, right? And if we take a look, unesco.org, take a look at the public partners of UNESCO, government partners, okay? Although UNESCO is itself an integral part of the United Nations Development Plan, which is already a sign that's not good. It is also closely engaged in a wide range of partnerships with the UN's funds, programs, commissions, and other specialized agencies of which it is compromised. The 2030 Agenda and the United Nations reform process create a space for the UNDS to collectively optimize partnerships with third parties. End quote. Again, the front end of the way in which the dissemination of these institutions and front end agencies are being allowed to occur is exactly what's happening here because some of the same timing in which occurred with that of the partnership of UNESCO relative to that in the Middle East, this occurred, and I quote, dailymail.co.uk, Dead Sea Pool turns blood red, puzzling experts in region where the Bible says God sent angels to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their inhabitants' sins. It's located in modern-day Jordan, but in the biblical region of Moab, end quote. Interesting, right? You see here, look at the, I mean, it's right there. Look at the river, and they tried to dismiss it, 
as you know just an ink leak or something like this please forgive me for not knowing exactly but this is the best part anomalian.com william tompkins earth is a battleground between warring alien cultures let me tell you folks william tompkins was a designer for nasa he met some very high level people in the army and the military and many other things in the contracting side of things i do not believe he was uh, he was a soldier william tompkins or bill tompkins interestingly enough he died a week after in 2017, he made another speech regarding this at a UFO event. He was 94 years old. They said he was in great health, but the causes were unexpected. But again, being at that age, on a, on a public level, it's so easy for people to say, especially with how suppressed we've been mentally and uh, spiritually, it's so easy for people to say, yeah, well, he was 94. I mean, come on, you lived a good life, you know? No one's going to look into it. No one's going to look into it. Anyways, take a look at this right here. Howandwise.com, Bill Tompkins, Draco aliens helped Nazis to destroy humans. Nordics helped U.S. to start Apollo program. He, and I quote, William Tompkins, 1923 to 2017, was one of the most secretive scientists in the United States. He first designed sea ships and then spaceships. In July 2017th, at a press conference, he made an unprecedented statement. And again, this is why they probably had to have him, again, no disrespect to, to him and his memory, but you see here, you can't deny his credentials. He worked at the Douglas Aircraft Company with aliens. It was four to seven years before NASA appeared. Two years before the interview, he wrote a book about working together with an alien civilization and it shocked the world. Okay? Now, he talks about the cigar-shaped craft, the different secret space programs, and things like this. Now, take a look at this. In addition to these statements, Tompkins claimed that during World War II, the Nazis received technology from aliens, due to which they were able to build huge underground factories in, in Antarctica. Thousands of workers were taken there, and in these factories, they made flying saucers. Okay, now take a look at this right over here. Tompkins said that those technologies were transferred to Germany by the alien civilization known as Draco. They built spaceships in Germany, trained the Germans during the war. Draco's plan was to eliminate humans on Earth. At first glance, all his statements are fantastic. Okay, but there are several facts that suggest that Antarctica is still hiding some terrible secret, end quote. Now, here's what's interesting about all of this as well. It seems as though that the extraterrestrials that came in if you will, the, the, the Nordics that came in to help the Americans with the Apollo program, according to Mr. William Tompkins, are the ones that are trying to help us in a more intentional way. Now, you might be saying, Dave, I thought you said reptilians are good. Again, not trying to put them all in one big bucket. We have covered on our Let's Get Banned episode some instances where there have been individuals, again, reporting, reportedly meeting, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, uh, you know, uh, looking human. But then once they their holographic mask is removed, much taller, uh, you know, literally looking like uh, the lizard in the Spider-Man movie. I know it sounds funny, but looking like that. And those reptilians telepathically told these individuals, we're not with the other Orion Dracos. We are simply here to live in peace. So again, we can also... Uh, you know, verify that with um, with the Errol story, A-I-R-L, about how she said Earth was a prison planet up until, you know, 20,000 years ago or whatever it was roughly, right? Now, here's what's interesting about this. Take a look at this. TheFreedomArticles.com. Finally, Tompkins goes, William Tompkins, same gentleman, goes deep into the conspiracy by, by saying that ultimately we don't own our planet. It is a laboratory for advanced ETs to conduct experiments on us. Now, take a look at this badge right here. A U.S. military patch featuring the reptile theme and a Latin motto. Rough translation. With all your bases, you're a slave to us. Look at this badge right here, folks. Again, I tried to give the best correlative example I could at the very beginning. Okay, now. Amazingly, Tompkins 
himself claims he saw ancient structures on the far side of the moon and that he saw a floating building 1.5 miles above the lunar surface. Certainly would make sense, anti-gravity, why there would be a floating cube building or a floating building is interesting. But again, we, we see now, for example, the Americans within Area 51 and other places harnessing the pyramid structure. Okay, but at the same time, we see the cube structure. Is there a difference in factions here? One praising the cube, one praising the pyramid. Very hard to say. With that being said, though, let's take a look over here. And I quote, for Tompkins, the entire Apollo 11 mission was a show. All the astronauts were Freemasons. He states that Freemasons put the plaque on the moon first, then got back in the module to do the Neil Armstrong show. Perhaps Armstrong should have said one small step for man, one giant leap for masonry, end quote. I'm not trying to disrespect the Freemasons whatsoever. I am only quoting and uh, citing what Mr. Tompkins proposes, which is that he claims Apollo 11, the landing on the moon, was a whole front-end project that required loads and loads of money laundering in order for this to be justified. Now, take a look at this right now. Why William Tompkins mind control? Nordic mind control may explain why Tompkins and why now. Tompkins tells a story in his Project Camelot interview that he came up with an alternate design for the Apollo missions and was able to present it to the top dogs at NASA, Warner Von Braun and Kurt Debus. He got a large model and had to drive it in the back of a truck onto a highly guarded military base. Somehow he got through with no papers and no need to show security guards anything. They even had a dolly right nearby to uh, carry the model. Tompkins believed the, believes the Nordics have been helping him all along by clearing the way for him to do certain things. And quote, interestingly enough, Again, he says, everything you've been told is a lie. We see this substantiated more and more. The substantial possibility of these different, I guess you could say, beings allowing for this to occur. And also, again, searching for the real liquids. The Orion Dracos are trying to extract adren adrenochrome to the utmost extent in order to give it to their, I know this sounds ridiculous, but the reptilian overlords in order to allow for the constant feeding and deharvestation of human beings to continually occur in order to help a handful of different objectives, depopulation agenda, the control of different regions of the world, irrespective, not respective, irrespective of the different countries in which we view them to be, you know, their geological borders and things like that. And on top of that, the Delta Terrestrial is a project allegedly being harnessed by the Nordics in order to allow for there to be a legitimate ability to combat the Orion Dracos and their gray servants. Now, let's take a look at this right here, bibliotechaplates.net. I just want to quote one thing right here. Dr. Hermann Oberth, who pioneered rocket design for the German Reich during World War II and later advanced rocket technology for the American manned space launches cryptically stated, and I quote, we cannot take the credit for our record advancement in certain scientific fields alone. We have been helped. When asked by whom, he replied, the people of other worlds. Oberth's fellow space pioneer, who also served the Third, uh, the third Reich, Werner von Braun, echoed similar knowledge of the extraterrestrial reality when he stated in 1959, and I quote, we find ourselves faced by powers which are f far stronger than hitherto assumed, and whose base is at present unknown to us. More I cannot say at present. We are now engaged in entering into closer contact with those powers, and within six or nine months' time, it may be possible to speak with more precision on the matter." End quote. This is where my proposal, I could be wrong, but this is where my proposal comes in, that the Regellians, the Greys, in which serve the, Draco the Orion Draco overlords are suppressing extraterrestrials because if we take a look, there were some proposals put forward by former CIA director Bill Casey and Ronald Reagan 
to just announce the existence of gray extraterrestrials to say, listen, they're here, they're friendly in order to downplay it. But even the Regellions did not want this to happen because if you take a look back at Colonel Philip Corso in his book, he said the, uh, when the Greys made a deal, the Ebens, they called them at the time with Eisenhower, the leverage they had was they knew that Eisenhower and his team didn't want disclosure. So you see how all of a sudden when it flips, the Greys don't have as much of a standing, which could also substantiate the 2002 uh, crop circle crabwood incident, right? With that being said, take a look at this right over here. The spaceacademy.org. Particles seen switching between matter and antimatter at CERN. Look at this. A subatomic particle has been found to switch between matter and antimatter, according to Oxford physicists analyzing data from the Large Hadron Collider. It turns out that an unfathomably tiny weight difference between two particles could have saved the universe from annihilation soon after it began, end quote. Again, notice how this keeps disproving, and I got nothing against the Big Bang Theory, but notice how it keeps disproving the Big Bang Theory. Not saying that we need to discover what's going on out there, but the point is ultimately, folks, that when you take a look at the way in which this type of information is being drop-fed, again, mainstream media website, the spaceacademy.org, they want you to see it, but they don't want it to be front and center, just enough so that the, the right people notice, right? But by putting it on Fox or CNN too often, too much, it may create more of a mass hysteria from the aspect of the Nordics, ultimately. But take a look at this right here. The final article, NPR.org. Flying microchips the size of a sand grain could be used for population surveillance, end quote. The reason I bring this up is because the Orion Draco program within that of the respective NanoQuell NSA documents is exactly what Edward Snowden leaked in 2013. Interestingly enough, nobody talks about it. This has already been happening. This was put out just yesterday, as of the day I'm recording this, September 23rd, 2021. What's happening here? They've been doing this for a long time now. The drop feeding is predictable, it's accurate, and it's there, okay? With that being said, folks, the point here is that harnessing panpsychism relative to the example I gave of this, in, you know, seemingly inanimate object or patch in the beginning of the lizard's head moving up gives, theory, gives uh, I guess you could say, corroboration, rather, to the impact theory, which ultimately describes the, the not the, the how-to, but sort of the ability to approach the zero-point field and interface with consciousness, Okay, with that being said, folks, let me know what you think and we'll catch all of you very, very soon. Cheers.